Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of In Liberty and Health. I wasn't exactly sure if I was going to do a podcast today or not, because we have a cognitive vigilance tonight with uh, Rad Fem. Um, I won't say the last part of the name, because apparently it's bad for the YouTube algorithm. But um, I wanted to go over some of the stuff that happened this week for me. <laughs> um, getting called out by Laura Loomer. Um, seeing the way that Vivek in the debates had talked about um, defending Taiwan. And then also does political extremism come from boredom? Uh, it was a little study that Rob Henderson sent over in his newsletter, which I just subscribed for, and I think is pretty fascinating. So um, probably spend a little bit of time talking about all this stuff. And um, be sure to hit all the links below to figure out what I got going on, you know, all that good stuff. Um, also, feel free to drop some super chats during the show so, um, you know, you can help support me and all that I'm doing. Um, it'll be a pretty chill show. And then once again, afterwards, go to Cognitive Vigilance. Make sure you go subscribe to that channel because that's where we're going to be streaming all of the uh, shows there. Um, so, yeah, I guess without further ado, let's rock and roll. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I'm the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so I think as everybody knows, the debates were last night, and I've watched all of them except for, I want to say, the most recent two. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I did watch um, all of them except for this most current one. But uh, regardless, um, as usual with the Republican debate stage, it's just a full on, you know, oh, let's go nuke Mexico and fight a war with China over at Taiwan, as I've covered quite a bit on this channel. Um, it's mind boggling to say the least. So I know despite the title, we're working a little bit backwards, but um yeah, I figured I'd hop on here and talk a little bit about this stuff, so that way I made sure I got you guys a little bit of content that, this week. Um, you know, I did the show yesterday with Max and Cole, which I think is a really, really cool show. I had a really good time doing that with uh, both of them, and I think that we're definitely going to do more shows like that in the future. And uh, I think Cole, when it comes to the health stuff, maybe I'll have him on a little bit more often to uh, talk more with the other guests, because I think that he has uh, some questions that I may not be thinking of at the current time. Um, so let's say that he's going to be like a permanent coach host or anything like that but i think he adds valuable insight and a, a different perspective than i do which i think is uh, pretty cool so um let's go to the clip that i want to talk about first let me make sure i get this pulled up here uh, sorry about that here um so for those listening <laughs> this uh picture was kind of going all around twitter 
um, recently. Make sure I got that share screen right. Um, <laughs> so there was a, a apparently Vivek last night during the debates had held up a, a piece of paper and it said something on that and people sort of blanked it out and it became a meme template. So um, <laughs> I kind of took to my own and put on there that I suck Steve Bannon's dick um, and put uh, under the uh, description that uh, every time Vivek talks about China, he uh, basically is just repeating Steve Bannon's talking points, which uh, if you have not read my article on Steve Bannon and why he's so hawkish on China with the uh, Libertarian Institute, make sure you look it up. I think if you type in my name, and uh, Libertarian Institute, it should come right up. Maybe there'll be a few podcasts I did on there that uh, will come up. But um, yeah, basically, it seems like he got a lot of his foreign policy from the usual right wing talking heads where, you know, oh, the spy balloon, the Chinese fentanyl, um, you know, their unfair trade practices, intellectual property, they're buying all the farmland, which you can listen to the whole podcast I did where I debunked that because it's complete total BS as well. Um, and that we have to defend Taiwan and, you know, Xi, Xi Jinping is coming, but you know, all, all this stuff is just absolute nonsense when you really dig into the uh, matter of it. So, um, the video I wanted to play, let me go over here and share this tab instead. Um, we'll play this video and do a little bit of commentary on this as well. Um, so I tweeted out, I quote tweeted his video where it said, uh, I told him you were no more than a useful idiot for Nikki Haley and the rest of her neoconservative neoliberal friends when you repeat this propaganda about China. China is not a threat. So, of course, what he said here, President ne um, he posted this video, and we're going to listen to it here in a second, but he said, Chinese spy balloon, military exercise in the South China Sea, which always funny because um, we're the ones that are kind of invading their ocean and their sea space they're allowed to run military exercises in the South China Sea. That's kind of their area. You know, how would we feel if China was running military drills over here, you know, on the Atlantic or the Pacific? Provocative maneuvers in the Taiwan Strait, which Taiwan is 90 miles away from China and about 8,000 miles away from here. China's testing us. We cannot defend an, on an adversary for a modern way of life. Declare total economic independence from China. The CCP is vulnerable and the time to act is now. Uh, crazy how all these America first types want to give so many W's to China. Um, it's so ridiculous because like, they're not a threat. If you read a book, if you learn anything about China, um, they're dependent on us just as much as we're dependent on them. But like, the fact is, is that the reason why they want to end the Ukrainian war so bad is because they want to get a lot of their grain. They want to import stuff from Ukraine because they're dependent on billions and billions and billions of dollars of imports for food. So um, I'm going to play this clip here and we will do a little bit more commentary on it. Um, this is Vivek Megaswamy or won't the drain the swampy or pharmaceutical swampy, uh, whatever you want to call them. I've heard a couple different names, which I thought were all uh, pretty dang good. Um, this is him during the debates where he just went on a full neoconservative tirade about China. I think the next U.S. president needs to be crystal clear that at least for the foreseeable future, the U.S. will absolutely defend Taiwan. And it is with that clarity that we actually achieve deterrence. But I have a broader strategy than that. We need to get on side in our relationship with India, take it to the next level. India has to be able to block the Andaman Sea, which is where China gets most of its Middle Eastern oil supplies. That's critical. I also do believe the Second Amendment is a critical way of preventing foreign autocrats from being able to 
it's worked in America. Why wouldn't it work in Taiwan? So it is part of a broader strategy. But I do think that we need to be specific about our deterrence strategy, or else Xi Jinping is just encroaching by the day. And the reason why we're not doing it for China, I want to be crystal clear, is because we're scared. Why are we scared? Because we depend on them for our modern way of life. Why do we depend on them for our modern way of life? It's because Nikki Haley's latest friends like Larry Fink have created commingled economies with BlackRock telling Exxon and Chevron they can't drill here while being a shareholder of PetroChina, not applying those same constraints in China. So it is our economic dependence on China that makes us scared. If that were a Russian spy balloon, we'd have shot it down in an instant. If that were a Russian spy base in Cuba, we'd be, turning the, we'd be, we'd be actually going hard on them instead of turning the other way as we are with China. So it comes back down to that economic dependence. We cannot depend on them for our pharmaceuticals, our semiconductors, and people have been lied to for a long time. Our own military, the F-35 jets that we make in this Thank country, you. depend on China, and it's Thank gonna take you. an outsider to fix that broken establishment. Thank so there is a lot of BS in all of that, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, I wanna go through it one by one. Uh, have you read The Fake China Threat and It's Very Real Danger by Solis Mullen? Um, I have that book downstairs. It's a short book. I just am a piece of shit and I have not got around to reading it yet. Um, funny enough, he actually contacted me and uh, asked if I had anything that he thinks that he should cover in that book. Um, Solis Mullen is an absolutely great guy. I love that dude. I'm going to have him back on the show very, very soon um, once I'm finished with his book, which I definitely should. Uh, you should have him on the podcast if you haven't already. Yes, um, he was on, I can't remember how long ago, but if you scroll back through, I had him on. We mostly talked about geopolitical stuff and obviously China. Um, Alice, thank you so much for dropping by. I hope you and your husband are doing well. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and kind of walk through this one by one. And yeah, like I said, I definitely plan to have um, uh, Joe back on. He's just, he's a really, really nice guy. I think the next U.S. president needs to be crystal clear that at least for the foreseeable future, the U.S. will absolutely defend Taiwan. Okay, so let's start right there. Um, his thing is all about deterrence. Um, and there's nothing that will make a war with China more likely, more likely, not less likely, like he's telling you, more likely than committing to defend Taiwan, right? It's not the military drills that China cares about so much, because I, I kind of had this confused at first. Um, I used to think that if you were running military drills off of a country's coast they would probably be pretty upset about that reasonably so if china was off the coast or russia was off one of our coasts excuse me um we would want to just completely demolish it you know in an instant we would we would have no problem with sinking that to the bottom of the pacific or atlantic ocean um but that being said there's nothing that will piss off xi jinping more and make him want to directly intervene in taiwan than guaranteeing that we will defend taiwan so it's a lot of like the congressional delegations and then the officials going over to taiwan to meet with taiwanese officials that make china very very upset and actually make war more likely so um, when Nancy Pelosi did her little stunt in August of last year, that angered a lot of Chinese officials. Um, when they've sent congressional delegations, which I'm sure there have been more recently, I haven't kept up with foreign policy stuff as much as I should, and that's my fault. But um, 
they do it, I want to say almost like every single week. There's always congressional delegations going over there. Uh, there have even been like governors and people have gone over there, obviously people in the House and the Senate that have gone over there to uh, meet with officials over in Taiwan. That really angers China and that makes war that much more likely. So uh, let's keep playing here and see what else we can uh, kind of dig into. And it is with that clarity that we actually achieve deterrence. Well, um, also right there, uh, Obama had the strategy of dual deterrence, I think it was, in strategic ambiguity. We're Basically, they told China, like, hey, don't get any ideas about Taiwan because you don't know what we'll do. But hey, Taiwan, don't screw around. Don't declare independence because you don't know if we'll be there to back you up. Now, obviously, this has been spit on, trampled on with the Biden administration, particularly. Uh, <laughs> I'm so bad with foreign policy. I just know I just don't want my my um I don't want to go into foreign countries. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of all you need to be to be in the, you know, good in the camp of foreign policy in the uh, libertarian world. But I think where a lot of people get messed up is like Israel, they assume that we're not, you know, very, very involved with these other countries. And Alice, I'm, I'm not saying this is you. This is other people who say, oh, yeah, I'm great on foreign policy. We shouldn't send money to these other countries. But oh, man, we really got to kill them Palestinians. But uh so right, you know, we've stepped away from strategic ambiguity in the one China policy. We're basically like we don't recognize China or Taiwan as a country, and no, neither do most other countries in the world, to my understanding. I may be mistaken here, but um, we don't like most countries generally don't real or uh, recognize Taiwan as a country, and really that does a lot to deter China from invading, and it keeps the peace. Um, also, I don't want people to die in foreign wars. Absolutely, I mean, I think that's once again kind of the base foreign policy position. But um, Vivek right now is basically saying that he wants to completely destroy strategic ambiguity and commit to defending Taiwan, which once again, the United States does not recognize as a country. This is not our problem. This is not our war. We could build those semiconductors, which is always what they're so freaking worried about here at home. And even a lot of foreign policy officials, um, people in the State Department have said, we'll just bomb the factories if China goes for it. So, you know, are they really that important? Is this, or is this just about wanting to stick it right in China's eye? Um, continuing on here. But I have a broader strategy than that. We need to get on side in our relationship with India, take it to the next level. India. India, to, um, to my understanding, does not have a good relationship with China anyways. So um, I know that there were meetings with Modi a couple months ago. I don't know how tight those connections are, to be completely honest with you guys. But uh, I really wouldn't depend on China getting along with India. I mean, I want to say it was maybe a year or two ago, or it might even have been back in 2020 where um, there were skirmishes along the China-India border where people were literally fist fighting and <laughs> I think dying because they were falling off of uh, mountains. So uh, it's just this idea that we have to be worried about India and their relationship with uh, China. I, I really wouldn't worry about that. Not saying that he's necessarily in that because he's not, but um, China's surrounded by people that don't really like them. India has to be able to block the Andaman Sea, which is where I should be a little bit more familiar with this. But to be completely honest with you, I'm not as informed as I should be on this part. So um, I'll definitely look into this a little bit more when it comes to the Andaman Sea. China gets most of its Middle Eastern oil supplies. That's critical. I also do believe the Second Amendment is a critical way of preventing foreign autocrats from being able to. It's worked in America. Why wouldn't it work? So here I think he's trying to do a tap dance around saying that we should arm Taiwan. Or that we should give them like, you know, sell them a bunch of weapons, which we already kind of are in financing their purchase of that. Um, but I think his big thing has been like, let's ex 
have Taiwan establish a second amendment, which if Taiwan wants to do that, I'm okay with that. That is their island, their territory, whatever they want to do is whatever they want to do. They have their own rights. Um, they're their own sovereign individuals, sovereign territory is they recognize it, not as China recognize it, but like whatever they want to do is whatever they want to do. Where I have a problem is the US coming in and saying, hey, we are going to establish this for you. We are going to make laws for you. That's where I have a problem. That's where all people should have a problem. Work in Taiwan. So it is part of a broader strategy, but I do think that we need to be specific about our deterrence strategy or else Xi Jinping is just encroaching by the day. And the reason why... They have maintained, Xi Jinping and a lot of people in his um, department have kind of maintained that they want peaceful reunification with uh, Taiwan, but they do not rule out the use of force. Well, once again, as I stated earlier, what makes the use of force more likely? Selling them weapons, doing these military drills, committing to defending Taiwan. Everything that Vivek wants to do makes war more likely. And the fact that we're dependent on China, which we are to a degree, um, makes our relations that much better, actually. Well, I shouldn't say better, but like it guarantees us that we won't go to war because what you know what they say, when goods don't cross borders, soldiers will. Um, it's true. As long as we maintain trade with them, we're more we're a lot less likely to go to war with them um, if we continue to have trade with them. Why we're not doing it for China, I want to be crystal clear, is because we're scared. Why? And this is kind of like the unfalsifiable thing that a lot of right wingers pivot to. And this absolutely drives me insane. What in what world and what would Joe Biden have to do to prove that he's not scared of China? Uh, fly planes off their coast, you know, hundreds of times a year. Check. <laughs> we do that. Uh, sell warships off the coast of China. Check. Um, spy on them. Check. Sanction them. Check. Uh, accuse them of genocide. Check. In what world? And commit to defending Taiwan, which he has said that we will do. Check. Um, taking Taiwanese soldiers over here to train in Michigan, which was happening a couple of months ago. Check. Um, oh, geez. Sorry. <laughs> what would Joe Biden have to do to prove to these right wingers that he ain't scared of no big old stinking China? And that if it means that we lose New York City and Manhattan and San Francisco, then we will go to war. God dang it. And we will nuke everywhere. We will risk the entire world for nuclear holocaust if it means we will defend Taiwan. That's Joe Biden's position. And that's a fake Ramaswamy's position as well. This policy that he's putting forth will guarantee war with China. And everybody is on board. Anthony Blinken, the worst diplomat in the entire face of the planet. The dude should face a walled cell for the rest of his life. Um, Vivek. Donald Trump's not as hawkish on China, but he's still a China hawk. Um, <laughs> Ron DeSantis, undeniably so. RFK has been better to my understanding on this, but uh, let's be real here. Pretty much everybody running for president right now that's seriously polling other than maybe RFK is a total China hawk. This is the popular position. There are very, very few people who maintain the anti-war position. And that's. That's what all the State Department um, officials say. I think it's Jake Sullivan said, uh, my number one priority is to prevent war with China. And my number two priority is that if number one fails, to make sure that we win. 
and then other state department officials saying that oh we'll uh what the hell do they say um we'll be at war with china by 2025 <laughs> we're two years away from that not even that's a big freaking deal so this is why i hark on this stuff so freaking much is because this is how serious this is it's both parties are horrible on this issue we can't mess around anymore. Even um, Tucker Carlson, he's a huge propagandist against China. People want to say he's so anti-war. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> he's more than happy to pump out some Chinese propaganda uh, or anti-China propaganda, like uh, the whole sitting on a throne of Chinese skulls with Jesse Kelly. Moving on. Why are we scared? Because we depend on them for our modern way of life. Why do we depend on them for our modern way of life? It's because Nikki Haley's latest friends like Larry Fink have created commingled economies with BlackRock telling Exxon and Chevron they can't drill here while being a shareholder of PetroChina, not applying those same constraints in China. So it is our economic... Um, I'm not, once again, 100% well-read on this specific instance where he's talking about BlackRock and certain leases, but I, I, I'm skeptical at best. Um, but I think that kind of goes to his whole, when he starts talking about the World Economic Forum, uh, Vivek likes to pin it on China. He doesn't like to pin it on, you know, NGOs and stuff like that. He likes to think that China's kind of pulling the strings. That gets a little, little ridiculous. Economic dependence on China that makes us scared. If that were a Russian spy balloon, we'd have shot it down in an instant. We did shoot that Chinese spy balloon down an instant which was literally just weather balloon even the state department came out and said that it was a what or a chinese weather balloon um it wasn't a threat um you know marjorie taylor green all the anti-war anti-war republicans came out and said uh we gotta go <laughs> stick it in china's face on this one if that were a russian spy base in cuba we'd be turning the we'd be it was a listening post that was established back in 2003 and considering how many bases we have all over the world um You'd really be surprised. And, you know, look at the Operation Gideon. I mean, that was Venezuela, but I mean, that's still South America. All the Republicans are hawks on South America, too. We'd be actually going hard on them instead of turning the other way as we are with China. So it comes back down to that economic dependence. We cannot depend on them for our pharmaceuticals, our semiconductors, and people have been lied to for a long time. Our own military, the F-35 jets that we make in this Thank country... You depend on China and it's going to take you. an outsider to fix that broken establishment. Uh, he's only an outsider so much as he, um, you know, <laughs> hasn't been in politics. So um, let me move this out of here. Yeah, I figured I would just kind of touch on that and put my thoughts out there because I haven't done a lot of foreign policy stuff recently other than the show with like Adam Fitzgerald. But uh, let me run an ad real quick and make sure you guys check all this stuff out and I will be right back. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about the show's sponsor. We are now brought to you by Fox and Sons Coffees. You can see right here, I got the Den Blend Dark. Really enjoy that. Um, I've been drinking a lot of their Brazil honey prep right here. As you can hear, there's not a lot of beans left in it because I've been drinking it quite a bit. Um, just tell you a little bit about Fox and Sons, why I support them and why you should too, is that uh, Stephen had started the company up in Michigan to help teach his son about entrepreneurship. Um, I'm all about that. And I do firmly believe that in order to spread liberty in our lifetimes, we have to support those who support similar values as us. And Stephen does support all the same libertarian values that I bring and talk about on the show a lot. So go to foxandsons.com, use code Kyle at checkout to get 15% off of orders, $25 or more. And there's... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's always free shipping whenever you place an order that is more than $37.99. Um, find their coffee absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure you will too. So uh, one more time, go to foxandsons.com. Use code KYLE at checkout to get yourself a little discount. Let them know I sent you and support the coffee that supports you. All right, guys, thanks. Back to the show. Uh, no kidding, actually. <laughs> I've really enjoyed their coffee. I've literally been drinking it every single morning for the last couple of days. I uh, put a pot on my Keurig. My wife got me a wonderful Keurig that does the uh, cups and the uh, pot. And uh, I just, I'm I'm a total fan of it. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, <laughs> Laura Loomer had quote tweeted me. Uh, All of the libertarians and conservatives <laughs> who were on DeSantis nuts last year have been suspiciously quiet. Yes! That is my exact point. Everybody said he wasn't a neocon. And I said all along, this motherfucker is a neocon. A die-in-the-wool neocon. Where are they at now? <laughs> all of a sudden, nobody likes DeSantis. Hey, I said he was right on COVID. And we should praise him for that. I've maintained that position all along. But though I called him a neocon right from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, they said foreign policy doesn't matter. He's gone and everything else. He is good on some things, and I don't think people should downplay that or mistake that. But foreign policy, that dude is George Bush. I don't care what anybody has to say about that. He's fucking George Bush. Um, he was only good when it benefited him. Big difference. That's true, too. Um, it was a little bit of a political thing, and I also think that he was uplifted by the media quite a bit to kind of raise his profile because he's very establishment. So, um, you know, people can throw stones his way, but um, regardless, it still did count that he was good on COVID because, um, you know, here in Pennsylvania, I've told the story many times on the podcast, um, things were pretty rough here. So um, I don't want to downplay how important it is that people, <laughs> as pathetic as it sounds to say, um, were allowed to have their freedom in 2020 where a lot of people weren't. So uh, let's go over to this. Let me make sure that it comes up here. What the hell did I do? There we go. Um, I had put out a tweet talking about our dear beloved Thomas Massey because he is the greatest living congressman, um, the best congressman that we have. And he supports all our civil liberties, always votes against all the spying and all the wars and the China stuff. He's one of the only congressmen that always votes against the war stuff against China. So um, Laura Loomer was saying that he's an anti-Semite because um, he put up some meme, you know, the Drake with like the, oh, you know, not this, but that, um, that kind of meme. He put up, uh, I think, I want to say it was patriotism and Drake was like pushing away from it. And then he put Zionism and then Drake had his head pointing up to that. And he said, that's like a majority of Congress. And of course, Laura Loomer, who's just a complete total has Boris, you know, Israeli propagandist had um, took to Twitter to call Thomas Massey a anti-Semite, which is funny because he didn't say anything about Jewish people. I've never said anything about Jewish people. I may make jokes about it, but I don't mean anything by it. And if you think I am, then okay, I'm, I'm not going to change your mind. 
Um, but that being said, he uh, had tweeted out that picture and then um, she was just getting absolutely ratioed. It was hilarious. So um, I tweeted out, it's awesome to see Laura Loomer get completely demolished when she calls Thomas Massey a anti-Semite. She resembles the same thing the right rightfully spoke out against using identity politics as a weapon, which is exactly what they're doing. Um, Massey is the best we have in Congress. And this was just kind of like, okay, well, I'll throw it out there. And I did highlight down here. He did like my tweet. He follows me and he liked quite a few of my tweets after that, which is uh, pretty cool. So I threw that out there. And as you can see here, it kind of blew up 101.6K views and uh, 450 likes, a whole bunch of um, engagement. And uh, to my surprise, um, when I had looked at my Twitter a few minutes later, Laura Loomer had decided to quote tweet me, which was very interesting. <laughs> I definitely didn't expect that, but um, she had replied, he's not the best in Congress. He's too fucking stupid to realize that we need Trump. Um, the anti-Zionist crowd is so low IQ. They claim to want America first, and they support Rep. Thomas Massey, who endorsed Ron DeSantis for president over Donald Trump. So many of you lack principles and common sense. We're going to get back to this point in specific here in a second. Um, Massey is 100% not the best we have in Congress. He's an anti-Trump whack job. Well, who could blame him? Who could blame Thomas Massey for being anti-Trump when Trump was the one trying to push through the treatment, the stimulus, lockdowns, masks, all this stuff, and Massey was the one saying, let's call it to a vote. I'm not going to allow the country to spend trillions of dollars that Trump couldn't wait to hand all you people. Everybody wants to say that he's some kind of anti-socialist. No, Trump is a fucking socialist. He handed all that money out to everybody for free. He couldn't wait to give people the Trump bucks. Um, so it's just absolutely insane that she would say he's not, that we lack principles. Are you serious? You lack principles. According to the Republican Party platform, which I will read for you to show you who's principled and who's not. Um, Laura Loomer is a lunatic. Yes, absolutely. Who the fuck would uh, handcuff themselves to Twitter HQ? Um, but yeah, no, I am an anti-Zionist, and I don't know if Thomas Massey's an anti-Zionist. I don't know if he is a Zionist. I don't know what his, you know, deep-down beliefs are. Also, I know he's very, very good on Israel, and he's against the blank check to Israel and Ukraine. You can't say the same for Matt Gates. You can't say the same for Marjorie Taylor Greene. You can't say the same for a lot of congressmen that we were hearing all this great stuff about, including Ron DeSantis now as governor. He's a full-blown fucking Zionist neocon. All these guys can't wait to send money to Israel and then have them murder Palestinians with our taxpayer dollars. Um, so I wanted to go to the um, Republican platform, which will show, and once again, maybe I'll leave this up to you guys to decide who has principles and who doesn't. Uh, share this tab instead, and I'll zoom in a little bit because I'm sure this is probably small. Over here to make sure that you guys can see it. Okay, good, good, good. Um, about our party. This is literally on GOP.com slash about our party. Um, our platform, Republicans believe in liberty, economic prosperity, preserving American values and traditions, and restoring the American dream for every citizen of this great nation. As a party, we support policies that seek to achieve these goals. So would you consider printing trillions of dollars with Trump endorsed and handing it for free to people economic prosperity? That sounds like socialism to me. That does not sound like economic prosperity. Um, would you consider bragging about a certain treatment that a lot of people were forced to take and Trump never apologized for that and still believes that he handled COVID correctly? Would you believe that to be liberty? 
no. Um, American values. I hate to go to the lowbrow, you know, grab by the pussy or the porn star stuff, but there's a lot of Republicans who aren't, you know, <laughs> traditional value, American value people, you know, God's gun, gluts, guts, glory, whatever you want to say. There's plenty of Republican congressmen, senators, whoever that don't, that fall very, very short of that. I'm not saying that they necessarily have to be perfect people, but if you're going to claim to espouse these values, at least follow them, right? I'm um, restoring the American dream whatever um our platform is centered on stimulating economic growth which i wouldn't consider jamming trillions of dollars into the economy out of thin air to be that for all americans protecting constitutionally guaranteed freedoms ensuring the integrity of our elections and maintaining our national security we're working to preserve america's greatness for our children and grandchildren the republican party's legacy we were originally found in 1854 for the purpose of ending slavery compels us to patriotically defend american values as the left attempts to destroy what makes america great the republican party is standing to breach our and defend our nation and our way of life ah my god come on <laughs> what a joke if you support trump you do not support the republican platform he is the hnic of the republican party right now he is the republican establishment people can fight me on that all they want but he is the republican establishment he was the president he's the front runner for president and he sets the tone for the republican party who are the republicans that are running against him who who are the republicans that are like anti-trump mitch mcconnell who cares about mitch mcconnell um i can't think of another one chip roy's on board um marjorie taylor green matt gates um every single congressman is america first joe kent even though he's not in congress right now uh, jd vance um all the people who, who are like in congress are pro-trump even Rand paul was kind of pro-trump even though he did do better than him on covid and did you know call him out when he spent um who are the republicans that are anti-trump uh, there, there's I, you could like count them on one hand it's like this faux divide just so that way people can fucking suck Trump's dick. I've, I've never understood this. Um, so I also clap back to her uh, quote tweet of me. And um, I said, <laughs> who supported the vaccine and printing trillions of dollars? It wasn't Massey. And I didn't get any uh, return from her there, which is fine. You know, whatever is what it is. You know, I'm sure she's busy and has more things to do than kind of go swinging at a uh, measly little me. But, you know, is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if you read the Republican platform, Donald Trump does not represent that. Um, are there better candidates in the running right now, unfortunately, or that are seriously polling? Let me add that caveat. Um, unfortunately, no. RFK is better on foreign policy than everyone, although he's just like this fucking Likudnik Zionist that can't go double, triple, quadruple, quintuple, whatever it is, um, down on his support for Israel. Unfortunately, but, um, you know, of the two candidates that are likely to win between Biden and Trump, Trump airs on, you know, his principles typically are a little bit more, I don't want to say anti-war, but he's not so quick to pull a trigger, if you will. Uh, so I think that's all I want to say on that. Um, let's go to this study here. Um, I just wanted to talk about this for a few minutes because it, it kind of it was interesting to me. Um, so going to political extremes in response to boredom. Uh, they just had the abstract. I reviewed some of these or I looked through a few of these studies under these references and there are a whole ton. So obviously I didn't look through all of them to be completely honest with you. 
but there's a lot. And they they kind of came to this conclusion in an interesting way because there were like different uh, sociological studies and like um, different studies of like people's relationships and stuff like that. So um, the abstract says boredom makes people attempt to reestablish a sense of meaningfulness, political ideologies, and in particular um the adherence to left versus right-wing beliefs can serve as a source of meaning accordingly we tested the hypothesis that boredom is associated with a stronger adherence to left versus right-wing beliefs resulting in more extreme political orientation study one demonstrates that experimentally induced boredom leads to more extreme political orientation study two indicates that people who become easily bored with their environment adhere to more extreme ends of a political spectrum compared with their less easily bored counterparts finally study three reveals that the relatively extreme political orientations among those who are easily bored can be attributed to their enhanced search for meaning overall our research suggests that extreme political orientations are in part a function of boredom's existential qualities so let me get that the hell out of here now um yeah i thought that was pretty interesting because um i really thought about that after i read that and i think people who don't have something going on in their lives um people who don't have meaningful relationships or have hobbies outside of politics may tend to gravitate towards more extreme political beliefs because it's exciting I'm <laughs> um, talking about foreign policy for me is exciting. Talking about red pills, very exciting. A lot of the stuff I talk about, I find very exciting. If I didn't, I wouldn't talk about it. Right. Um, so, you know, people storming the Capitol on January 6th. That was exciting. I'm sure there's, I'm sure shit it was. They believe the uh, election was stolen. I hopefully it doesn't get the YouTube video taken down, but um, uh, they believe the election was not fairly done so they said well let's fuck around and find out let's go into the capital right um and then what happened if you larp revolutionary don't be surprised when the most powerful government in the world treats you like a revolutionary i'm not saying it's right but <laughs> you know if <laughs> if you're going to the capital then you better go all the way if you're going to do that but you know if you're just going to go half-ass go fart on nancy pelosi's desk um yeah <laughs> you get what you get uh, you can always tell who's internally online by their political worldview. You know, um, I really hope that when people see me talking on Twitter, they don't get the impression that I'm some terminally online person, even though um, I probably do spend more time on Twitter than I should. Uh, I think my life is pretty exciting because I get to talk to all you wonderful people. I have great relationships at the um at my job with the people I work with. Um, I'm looked at as more I don't want to say as an authority figure, but as somebody that they look up to and depend on for you know a lot of important things, and I greatly appreciate that because it means that I've proved myself competent enough to earn that respect and that responsibility. Um, I have a great relationship with my wife. I spend a lot of time, you know, doing activities with my dogs and like take them for walks and then, you know, going places. Uh, my wife and I take our camper a lot of places. I play in a band as well. Um, I commit to a very, very rigorous and very, very intense exercise routine. So um, I got a lot on my plate. So I don't dive into wild conspiracy theories. And I'm not saying that I've never done that and I don't find them interesting. But um, from time to time, I, I like that's not the main part of my mind because that stuff is kind of in the more extreme category. Um, if I didn't see your streams, I I might think you were ter terminally online. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Very very understandable as we all are. Um, 
But yeah, like I do plenty of things outside of political stuff. And if you look at my Twitter, you might think that all I do is talk about political stuff at work and I'm just screaming about those damn conservatives or those damn liberals or yelling at the whammon. But really, like I don't talk about politics or foreign policy that much at work. If people bring it up, I talk about it. But I never, 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 never am the one to just go around screaming about politics. I work with people that do shit like that. Um I just don't find it all that like I just the the stress you put into the air at a work environment not cool dude uh having strong principles is good but the way people talk is if they're the next great dictator usually means they haven't touched grass and all grass or ass <laughs> yeah fair point uh, monstrosity it's good to see you Dref. hopefully um you're doing well brother um conspiracy is reality yes you are absolutely right that there are plenty of conspiracies that are absolutely true and that word's really been weaponized and i don't like that it's been weaponized um i couldn't tell you like the last conspiracy thing that i really dug into but uh i have lots of friends that do stuff like that obviously uh tommy sammons and courtney turner who have been on this podcast multiple times they do a lot a lot a lot a lot of digging in the tavistock institute um world economic forum and uh, some of the other stuff that's just slipping my mind right now but um they're more that's more their forte right mine is going to be health and fitness some geopolitical stuff red pill um libertarian stuff and obviously you know resistance training and all that stuff um conspiracy stuff does tickle my fancy i do enjoy talking about it but i'm just not that knowledgeable on it um, i can't deal with people who constantly talk about politics turn everything into political discussion yes that is exactly my point um there is this one dude who he, he comes into my work and he used to work in the same building as me, but he couldn't wait to just burst through the door and start talking about those damn liberals and Joe Biden, this and that. And look, I get it. Um, you have every reason to be mad at your political class and you should be mad at your political class, but like, you can't let that like dictate your behavior day to day to day to day and like ruin your mood. Like, yeah, I get frustrated about political stuff every here and there. But I think something that we all should be good at doing or should be able to do is just disconnect, remove yourself, <laughs> enjoy what's going on right now. Um, you know, everybody's doing this when they're going out to eat and guilty, completely guilty. There's not a single person I know that probably isn't guilty of that. Um, I found that now when I go out to eat or go running with my wife, that sometimes I try to leave my phone at home or leave my phone in the car because. Um, I want to be present in the moment and kind of be focused on the conversation at hand and spending time with the people that I care about. Um, and once again, it's, it's just, you don't want to let this shit consume your life because it's not healthy. It's not cool. And you may become somebody that like people don't want to be around. And um, if there's um, anything that I hope people learn from, especially when you talk about red pill stuff is that like, you want to be charming and you want to be somebody that somebody likes, right? And especially if you want to spread libertarian values, like what better ways there to do that than to be somebody that holds those beliefs, but is an actually likable person. Um, we don't listen to people that are crass and that people are complete total assholes. Oh man. What is up? Thank you for dropping by Kyle. <laughs> um, Politics subterfuge is all done behind the scenes. WWE, yes, it is absolutely kayfabe. Um, rewatch the testimony from Ray in front of the Senate. He knows that he has dirt on seventy percent of them and owns them. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure I haven't watched his testimony, but um, the funny thing about Christopher Ray when it comes to like Donald Trump is that that's the guy that Trump appointed, and then Trump is getting indicted by him. But like even like the Trump stuff, 
that's kayfabe dude uh, if, if he was really a threat they would have put a bolt in his skull already um yes he's outside of the establishment but i mean after 2020 you can't really say he's that far outside right <laughs> uh once again um operation gideon did i tag myself i don't think you did uh, <laughs> but yeah um yeah, it's all kayfabe. It's just meant to get people riled up. And the reason why they won't ever get rid of Trump is because um, he's too good for media, right? I mean, it gets the right freaking out, and then it gets money in Democrats' pockets. It gets money in right-wingers' pockets, too. Let's be completely honest here. Um, for the election fraud lawsuits, uh, Trump had raised $250 million and only spent $40 million of the, that on actually like dedicated to the lawsuits. So whatever the rest of that money. And that billionaire there, you know, Trump, who couldn't brag about how much, who couldn't stop bragging about how much money he made, he's still taking all your donations. And then, like, donations to Blake Masters that he pocketed. Scummy. <laughs> and, and look, look, I know somebody is probably thinking, well, what about Joe Biden? Yes, we all know. I don't have to tell you Joe Biden's horrible. That's the thing. I don't have to tell you that Democrats are horrible and that they're responsible for all the horrors that we're experiencing right now. People are just under this illusion that Republicans don't do the same fucking thing, but they do. Um, and maybe I should spend more time knocking Democrats, whatever. That's a fair criticism. But um, yeah, I think that's about all I wanted to co cover for the podcast today. Um, next week's show, uh, I got a pretty cool one coming up on the 13th. Maybe I'll do another solo podcast next week as well. Um, but stay tuned Wednesday night this week. Um or next week, I'm sorry. Um, it'll be a really, really cool show with some familiar faces. Uh, next week, uh, I don't know what we have going on in Cognitive Vigilance. Make sure you tune in on Monday as well to the 5 Till Midnight channel for me, Biting the Bullet, and uh, Adam Nutter and Sam Urban. Uh, I've been really enjoying that, and those streams have just become absolutely, you know, just balls-the-wall blast where we just kind of sit there and talk shit um it, it's so funny um i really enjoy that uh wednesday night will be another episode of unlimited health maybe i'll do one thursday as well or tuesday we'll see what happens um and thursday i don't know if we have a guest for cognitive vigilance it may just be us uh i know brandy had an idea for somebody that she wanted to bring on but uh i think that's all i got going on next week oh tomorrow night um, I will be with Tyler Yonke from Podcast Review. So if you're listening to this or watching this right now, make sure you go over and subscribe to the Libertarian Podcast Review. I'll be on his show tomorrow night. Um, and I think that's all I got for you guys. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hopefully you guys all have a good night. Um, I got a good weekend planned. I'm really, really excited. I hope all you guys have an absolutely awesome weekend. Awesome Friday, all that good stuff. And if you were listening, make sure you leave me a review. Check out all the links below to support me. Um, if you're still in the YouTube chat, you can still leave a super chat. I really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go subscribe to Cognitive Vigilance at 5 till midnight so we can help build their channels up as well. Um, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, I appreciate all you guys for listening. And until next time, take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.